Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Wednesday, April 15th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, and I'm joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Paul, good to talk to you. Uh, Another uh, day in quarantine, but uh, today we've got a a special guest who's going to join us here in a little bit. Uh, Kind of excited to talk to, you know, one of the guys uh, on the 40-man roster in in Mike Freeman. Definitely. uh, You know, Mike had such a great year last year really did everything utility a utility player is supposed to do and uh and he 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 solved the mystery joe i don't know what he does but he's he's a utility player that can sit for five days come off the bench and still hit and still perform and the toughest job in sports for me yeah he uh he did he pretty much did everything played a bunch of different positions uh filled in at shortstop uh, you know played all over the place and Actually, and showed a little bit of pop in, in, in his bat. You know, he hit a couple of home runs and, and you know, had an, just an all-around really the, the kind of season you would really want to see from your utility infielder uh, swinging, swinging the bat from the left side as well. And, you know, that certainly helps with, uh, with, with this lineup. Uh, so let's, uh, without further ado, we're going to uh, uh, jump over and, and, and welcome in our special guest. All right, and we're joined by Mike Freeman, Cleveland Indians infielder. Mike, good to talk to you here uh, as we're, we're all still sort of waiting for the, the next shoe to drop uh, on this, this quarantine during the pandemic. Uh, what's the latest from you? Where, where are you, you hanging out? How have you been uh, getting through this since uh, spring training got shut down? Yeah, so I'm back in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, our off-season home, um, you know, probably doing a lot of what – uh, a lot of people in, in Ohio and Cleveland area are doing, hanging out with family, working out in the yard. Um, as far as staying ready, you know, we kind of have a little bit of a home gym we've put together. Uh, you got to get a little more creative uh, nowadays than, than in the past with uh, the gyms around here being closed. But, um, you know, we've been fortunate to have some some space to um, stay active and, and stay ready whenever uh, whenever we kick back up. Have you been able to, uh, you know, see some live pitching, Mike, or swing the bat at all? No live pitching. Um, you know, even though the 60 feet, six inches is, is plenty of dif- distance apart, um, you know, it's tough to kind of coordinate something like that. And um, I, have, I have been able to hit, uh, have a space of, um, that I have access to where um, have a, a local 
guy that can flip to us and um, have a machine so we can see some pitching in that, in that regards. But um, yeah, it's a little bit different than how we'd be able to do things in the past. Cause typically, you know, in the off season, you, you find guys that are local and that are training for the season work together and, and all meet up But with everything going on and different people taking different precautions. Um, you know, you kind of have to do things a little bit different than you would. Tyler Naquin uh, mentioned in an interview that he's he's working out throwing, uh, keeping his arm ready by throwing against a wall in his parking garage. Is that, uh, you know, an option for you? <laughs> Any walls down there in South Carolina that you can throw against? There's walls, uh, you know, for like, you know, throwing wise, I've been able to find somebody else that um, is in the same situation. And uh, when we meet up, we usually keep our batting gloves on just to make sure we're not touching anything that we shouldn't be. And, um, we're still able to throw and, and do things that way. So, you know, we feel fortunate to have a, a space we have access to that we've been approved to, um, you know, to meet at uh, in small groups and just sort of keep our distance. Is everybody healthy in your family? Hopefully everybody, you know, doing well. Yeah, everyone's everyone's doing well. Um, you know, I think, you know, you don't really understand what is going on when it first breaks. Uh, but as news started going, you know, I think we, everyone sort of took it a little more serious than initially thought. And so, um, you know, my family's all mostly in Orlando, Florida, and they've had some pretty strict regulations going on. Um, so my parents have sort of been uh, quarantining their house for a little bit, a little bit now. And um, yeah, so far uh, everyone's staying healthy. How closely have you been monitoring just the developments, not only from, obviously the the health side and all that but then the developments from the players and labor uh side of things because you're sort of in a unique position uh as a as a non-roster invitee on the with with the indians what what was your sort of take on as things developed and they had to reach agreements with with the the players association and whatnot to to be able to you know move forward into this uh shutdown yeah, I think, uh, you know, me just sort of being curious by nature um, and wanting to be informed, uh, you know, I stay pretty um, up to date as far as what's going on and had some uh, conversations with guys through group chat and that sort of thing about, you know, what their takes are and stuff. Um, you know, yeah, I am in a unique situation and, you know, just being a non-roster, but also having been tendered a contract in December before I got taken off the roster, I'm protect. I'm still protected by the union, so um, it was a little bit of a unique situation for me. Um, that you know, when all that was going on, just sort of confirming where I, where I stood with all that, and so um, you know, I feel fortunate to to be in the the situation I was in. If I'm not going to be on the roster, I'm you know still um, you know have some sort of uh, um, leverage to fall back on, and um, so. Yeah, there's there's a lot of guys that are in much much tougher situations, and I've um, you know I feel for those guys, and you know I just hope that you know it doesn't last as long as some people think, and we'll we'll be able to play back play baseball again soon. Do you fall into that uh, that lump sum of what the 170 million is that? Would that make your some of your pay you know uh, equal some of your what you're you're receiving your revenue? Right. Yeah. So because that I was tenured a um, contract in that December deadline. Um, I, my, and then when I got taken off the roster and accepted 
my assignment. I stayed under that same contract, which was, a, you know, a, a major league contract. So yeah, I, I, I fall in the category of um, qualifying for the, that advance that they reached agreement on. When they, when they eventually do, if, if, if what we're hearing with these plans with Arizona and Florida and whatnot, uh, if those actually do come back, there's going to be a need for expanded rosters and, and you know, more, more people available because the, the ramp up time is going to be shorter or whatnot. Uh, that, that sort of bodes well for you as well in terms of, you know, competing, you were competing for a spot on the roster before uh, the, the camps got shut down. And now it's, it, it's almost like, you know, Hey, we're going to need, we're going to need bodies here. We're going to need people on uh, to be available. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, even going into the year, I felt good about, my opportunity um, in a situation like this that's, you know, so, you know, unpredictable, um, you know, I think it sort of plays even more into my favor as far as, you know, just the, from the mindset of, um, you know, showing up to the park and not knowing what's going to happen that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's, you know, everyone's sort of having to take on that role of, you know, not knowing what tomorrow is going to bring, what kind of news is going to come, when the season is going to start, how long's, you know, the abbreviated spring training going to be, how many games are we going to play each week? But yeah, there's definitely going to be a condensed schedule. I think that that part everyone can sort of um, come to realize. And you know, with that, you know, you, teams are going to have to do things a little bit different than they've done in the past as far as uh, managing guys' workloads. And you know, I think you know, having shown my versatility and stuff, I think uh, guys like me can, um, you know, really help a team out uh, in a season like this because there's going to be so many more games in a short amount of time um, to where you can't run guys into the ground too soon. Yeah, let's, let's be honest. The, the reason why you had an inside track on, on a roster spot was because, you know, Tito loves you. Uh, Tito speaks very glowingly of you in, you know, in all of his post games and all of his pre games. What's it like to, you know, to, to do the kinds of things just naturally for yourself that, that Tito sees and he, you know, those, those are the, the qualities that he really looks for in a player. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, you know, first of all, it's great to, you know, be valued within a, a team and, and be able to help a team win. And then, you know, for it to be Terry Francona who values you, uh, you know, that just adds a little bit more uh, to that. And so um, for Tito to, uh, trust me and, and my role and, and always feel like I'll be ready and can help the team and, you know, not worry about sitting one of the, you know, our, our horses down for a day to give them a breather and just plug me in and not worry about, you know, how I'm going to perform. And, um, you know, that, that means a lot to me. And I think, you know, it's, it's great f- for me to be able to provide that role to a team, um, you know, over the course of a long season. Mike, uh, what, what, um, what plan do you, do you favor, you know, a, the one plan and maybe your one option, I guess, of playing all games in Arizona or, you know, divide, you know, 15 in Florida or 15 in Arizona, if that's what it yeah. comes down to? Yeah, I don't, it's hard to really know. I mean, at, at, one, at one point, you know, I think if you played all games in Arizona, it's more convenient, but at the same time, like, it might, you might run into a wall of monotony of, you know, not getting out and seeing something different because you're used to playing baseball in so many different cities. As hard as it is to travel a lot during the year, you know, it does break up things. And sometimes it's good to get out of, 
you know, a long homestand or, you know, when you're on the road for a long time, it's great to come back home and all of a sudden things just, you know, momentum can shift for you. So in that regard, it's, it'd be tough to just play every game in Arizona, but then you have all the, you know, the travel worries and um, stuff of flying to Florida. I mean, ultimately we'd love to play a bunch of games in Cleveland. We don't know, you know, they're going to try and navigate how that could be an option. But I think right now they're putting all their heads together to see what is going to make it most feasible to play baseball games. And ultimately that's what, what everyone wants is, you know, first of all, to start games and then sort of navigate, you know, obstacles as we go. Which of your, uh, which of your teammates would you most like and least like to be quarantined for four months in a hotel room with, you know, if, if, if that's what it comes down to. Who uh, who's who's, your, who's who's the guy you would most like to to be quarantined with, and, and least like to be quarantined with? Oh man, um, shoot! You know, with a smile on your face. Obviously, this is this is a fun yeah, question, yeah. not a serious one. <laughs> no, that's that's a good one. Um, I think most like uh, probably Shane Bieber, just because of his demeanor, his personality. Um, you know, he's not going to be somebody that's get on your nerves and he's not going to take you too serious when, if I like say something that could upset him or, you know, after a long time, he, he's just an level-headed guy. Um, least likely shoot. Yeah, that's it. You put me on the spot here. That could, that could uh, ruffle some feathers. All right. All right. You, you can skip that one. Well, yeah. Did you happen to catch, uh, Shane's dance off uh, video on, on Instagram? The, uh, the, the video of, of uh, him and his, I, I believe, his girlfriend uh, dancing yeah. the, the the challenge from Plowecki. What what do you think of the dance skills there? Yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously, uh, you know, it's not his his he's he's much more comfortable on the bump, but uh, <laughs> you know, I appreciated his his ability to to kind of you know shake shake his hips a little bit. I know I know my wife and I we got we got called out on the same challenge, so. Uh, you might have to be on the lookout for for one, for our uh, our rebuttal to to Bieber, but you know, with a last name like Bieber, he's got to be able to move, right? Yeah, it's, dance has got to got to come totally naturally to him if that's the case. Uh, and and he put up. I I mean that that video was great. You, you would feel more comfortable with the push up challenge then instead of the dance challenge, or, or you're you're welcoming the dance challenge. Uh, I would definitely feel more comfortable with the, uh, the push-up challenge. I think, you know, keeping your body stiff is more in line with how my body moves. So, uh, my wife's more of the dancer. So I'm going to, if we, if we do partake in the challenge, she's certainly going to be front and center. Uh, one of the, uh, the, one of the highlights that, that really stands out for a lot of tribe fans and, and folks who followed the team last year, uh, the game against Detroit, uh, had a, had a, had a one run lead and a runner on first base, and, and I believe you, uh, you had that drag bunt and you, you dove head first into first base, uh, scored a run that put the Indians up by, by two. Uh, and, and that was, you know, one of those moments where it's like, you know, hey, look, there's a guy who, who knows the situation, can get things done and, and executed right there. You know, just take us back, take, take us through that play and, and tell us, you know, what you were feeling when you hit first base and knew everybody was safe and, and you, had, you had done the job, basically. Yeah, so – you know, I think spending a lot of time, you know, when you're on the bench, you're always going to be watching games and just sort of learning or watching, picking up on things that you can take advantage of. And I had faced, there was uh, Nick Ramirez on the mound and he's a lefty with a little cutter and I had faced him before and didn't have a great at bat against him. 
And I knew he didn't doesn't move great off the mound, being a lefty and falling off. And um, you know, when they brought him in the game, and I knew I might come up. And with the guy at third, I was kind of telling myself on deck, was like, if if I come up and he gets to third base with one out, you know, or one out or two outs, uh, you know, I might think about um, laying one down. And so it's one of those things that I coming up. I'm walking up. I don't really decide until I see kind of what the infield's doing. Um, first baseman was playing back and so uh you know I just decided hey there was two outs so it's not like a good bunt scores a run and I'm out you know you have to be safe at first so Mm -hmm. it was a risky play but being left on left I knew you know they're not necessarily expecting it they're you know expecting me to just sort of grind out and bat and see what can happen and um you know, with it being two outs, it's not something I've, I, I've done very often, but I knew there was an opportunity. Um, the guy that was playing first doesn't play first a lot. And so taking that into account as well, as far as, you know, might be confused, uh, catch him off guard. And fortunately, I was able to put down a good butt and, uh, you know, beat the throw. And I was just jacked up because I knew how important that, that second run was to the lead, um, you know, that late in the game. And uh, to do it with two outs, I think it caught my team off guard. It's not something that I, you know, let anyone know before just because, mm-hmm. you know, you just kind of like that element of surprise. And, um, yeah, that was – that's that's one of my favorite moments too. I feel like, especially in a city like Cleveland, I feel like they appreciate a little bit more than some cities. It's, you know, kind of reminds them of the old school baseball and sort of the grinder type player, which I, I uh, kind of dubbed myself to be. And um, so I think that was – I would like to say the, the Cleveland fans sort of uh, – took me under their wing after after seeing me play like that because I feel like a lot of those those guys in that city would would play the same way and the, the best part of that video is the the second baseman fields the ball and he looks to flip it to somebody and the only per the closest person on that play for him to flip it to was you running up the baseline he, he kind of looks like he's gonna you know, like underhand flip the ball as you're running by him and, and Rick Manning on the broadcast says who's he gonna flip it to Freeman yeah. <laughs> it was put it in your pocket at that point because yeah. there was nothing to do yeah, that second baseman's uh, for, former college teammate of mine when I, I played a year at Georgia, Gordon Beckham. Oh, yeah. yeah, we had a good laugh about that. You know, he it's not something that I guess uh, took him – he wasn't as surprised as some. But, um, yeah, that was, it was kind of cool to, to share a smirk with him after the fact. And Mike, do 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 people? I mean, is like Ty Ty Van Berkeleo or one of the some the coaches stay in touch with you to check how you're doing and that kind of thing? You know, how, how does that work during something like this? <laughs> yeah, so they're they're all um, Vambo, uh, Victor Rodriguez, um, Mike Starbaugh, You know, they're they're all checking in pretty regularly, weekly, just to see how we're doing. You know, not nothing really too serious just check in see how our family's doing how we're feeling um if we talk about baseball we talk about baseball but that's not always the case um we've had zoom calls uh with uh, position players and that sort of thing um started last week and just more to touch base as much as anything yeah. All right. and, you know if, if we had known before this this virus hit how valuable Zoom and all these video calls would be. We would have we would have all bought stock in uh, in the company beforehand. Uh, we're we're yeah. living by this, right? Yeah, Zoom and virtual schooling. Yeah, they're they're killing it right now. Yeah, you guys are. You're schooling your your kids there, or is that? Uh, 
Roman no, my, my my daughter's she's uh she's 18 months so she's uh she's not school age yet so we're doing different types of schooling but you more, bubble guppies and stuff right yeah 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 we're, we're doing a lot of a lot of uh hide and go seek great well mike uh you know stay ready stay healthy because soon enough we're going to be back uh on the field and, and see you out there in arizona uh can't wait to get to that point but until then obviously you know health is the most important thing uh, thanks for joining us. So we really appreciate it. Really appreciate yeah. it, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. You got it. Thanks a lot, guys. Y'all stay safe. All right. There you have Mike Freeman of the Cleveland Indians, the utility infielder on the 2019 squad, who uh, has a, a pretty good shot at landing uh, a spot on the roster in 2020 once the the team gets back to playing baseball in Arizona. Uh, Freeman last year really was his first extended uh, you know shot at, at at major league action. He appeared in 75 games for the Indians, hitting 277 with uh, a 390 slugging percentage, and, and really um, sort of did it all for the for the tribe. Uh, came through with with clutch hits and uh, big hits. He hit uh, four home runs, drove in 24, and, and walked 22 times. So it's so really a lot of the things that you're looking for out of a utility infielder, uh, Mike Freeman. Uh, veteran guy's been able to contribute uh, in really his his fourth big league season uh, out of out of South Carolina. Like you said, uh, the Indians, you know, will will definitely need uh, you know a, a group of guys to 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 be backups and, and and play support roles. You know, once things get get rolling out in Arizona, and and Freeman's a guy who Terry Francona definitely trusts to to put him in in a variety of different roles. All right, heading forward this week on the uh, the rest of this week on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, we've got a couple of guests lined up. We're hoping to get uh, Jordan Luplo uh, in and and get uh, some face time with him, as well as uh, Delano DeShields Jr. And uh, if if we play our cards right, we might uh, might actually get to talk to the the man behind the Indians Prospective account uh, on Twitter, who follows a lot of these uh, young Indians prospects as they try to navigate their way through Arizona. He's a, he's a resident based out in Arizona who uh, definitely does a lot of the legwork for, for us back here in, in Cleveland in terms of getting eyes on some of these guys and, and sending videos and stats uh, from the rookie league guys. So we're, we're working on lining that guy up. Uh, he's sort of a, a shadow man, a mystery man, and we're, we're really excited about the possibility of, of talking to him for a half hour about some of these uh, young prospects. So that's something to look forward to. As we head into the weekend, uh, hopefully only uh, a few more weeks, maybe a month or so away from the possibility of, of getting back on the field and seeing some of these guys in, in action for real. But uh, until we get to that point, we'll, we'll keep bunkering down here and bringing you uh, as much as we can on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll talk to you again uh, tomorrow. <laughs>